0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, Jerry is joining me. We're going to talk all about how he got started, how he got started listening to the podcast, why I started the podcast. We touch on that a little bit. And then just his story of how he's gone from taking over his family's pizzeria to growing to multiple locations now, and his wife that helped him along the way, and the philosophies on marketing, on technology, and how taking a family-run pizzeria and bringing it into the current age is not necessarily the easiest thing to do. Great conversation with Jerry. Looked uh, we met to for the first time in person at the Pizza Tomorrow Summit in Orlando this year. Uh, I've been a follower of the podcast, which you'll hear for a long time. We've messaged each other on Instagram at Smart Pizza Marketing on Instagram, by the way. And this is just a great podca- podcast about somebody who has grown up in the pizza business, left to possibly do something else, and then has come back to take over the family's pizza business. That was relatively successful for its its time and where it's located, and to kind of take that pizzeria into the, the current digital age. We touch on that a lot on this podcast, and I want to bring stories like this to you. And sometimes you hear a story, and you're like, what does that even mean? It just means, like, what are you doing that's interesting? What are you doing that's different, that's interesting, that could help somebody else in their business out? I want to bring those ideas and stories to you on the podcast. So if you or somebody you know has a pizza business that's doing something that's unique, doesn't necessarily have to be huge, but they're doing something that somebody else could do. And I don't want to say copy, but copy what you're doing in their own market and use it to their advantage to help grow their business. If that sounds like something you're doing, we have a spot on our website, smartpizzamarketing.com. It says be a guest on our podcast. I really want to bring new people and ideas to the podcast that maybe you haven't heard of before and give them some exposure. So if that sounds like you, go over to the website. That's uh there's a button there for you to fill out a form just to give me a little information about your business so I I understand where you're coming from and what your direction is. Today's podcast is also brought to you by Mail Shark. Mail Shark, themailshark.com forward slash SPM. If you're looking for weekly direct mail, marketing knowledge, paper and plastic products for your business, whether they be cards or menus, they help you. Their direct mail marketing strategy provides the ultimate flexibility for restaurant owners and a payment schedule that aligns perfectly with your restaurant's goals and budget. Combine that with their knowledge of direct mail marketing for restaurants, and that is a recipe for success. What do they have? They have weekly direct mail marketing products. They have restaurant print and direct mail products, new mover programs, and there's a lot of testimonials on their website, and they've been doing it for a long time. So they have the the knowledge and the data to tell you exactly what you need to do. And the cool thing that I like about Shark is that they help you pay for those on a weekly basis versus one big, large chunk. Go to the Shark dot com forward slash SPM and let them know you heard them on the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast. Also, SPM Pro launching officially. It's already kind of launched, but launching officially to the everybody February 1st. What is SPM Pro? It's my private community where I'm really doubling down this year in SPM Pro. Yes, I'm going to give you the podcast that you've heard here and teach you some scenarios, but I'm really going to go diving deep with our courses and tutorial videos and Q and a sessions over on SPM pro. So if you are a business owner and you want to take your business marketing wise to the next level, you want to learn about email and TikTok and Instagram and YouTube and YouTube shorts and whatever's working today. And maybe you're the type of owner who is, and we've had a couple of these people recently join and they said, you know what, Bruce, I kind of know what I, what I should be doing, but I don't really know where I should be doing it. Or sometimes I get stuck with ideas and I don't know if it's the right idea and I just need to push. I need to push in the right direction of, okay, if I do this and I do it consistently over time, it's gonna work and someone I can throw ideas off of and you can help me implement those and and bounce back what I should be doing and critique my ideas and give me a little bit of direction. If that sounds like you, this is the perfect group for you. It's not hiring a company to do your marketing for you because that doesn't always work great. But if you are an owner who really wants to take their marketing to the next level, but you're not really sure what to do, where to do it or how to do it, but you know you need to do it, this group is the group for you. SPM Pro, smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash pro. You can join, get access to all of our courses, monthly calls with me, private community. Uh, It's a great place to really take your marketing to the next level. And I'm gonna bring in some people who have been on the podcast to guest host podcast episodes and courses inside of this as well. So if you wanna hang out with them, great place. Again, smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash pro, P-R-O, to sign up today. Let's get into the podcast with Jerry. See you on the other side. All right. Welcome back to the podcast. We have Jerry from PJ's Brick Oven Pizza joining me on the podcast. Jerry, thank you so much for hanging out with me here. So close to
1: the holidays. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be on with you today. I know
0: we've talked through email back and forth for a while now, and we actually just met in person at the Pizza Summit in Orlando uh, yeah. But for everybody who's listening to the podcast or watching on YouTube, give us a little bit of a background as to what you're up to and how you got into the pizza biz.
1: Sure. Um, when I was uh, 16 years old, my my parents were looking to just kind of buy my dad a job. Um, <laughs> it was 1997. Yeah. And uh, he was a salesman at the time. Didn't really love doing that. He just kind of wanted to buy a business. Didn't specifically have to be pizza, but uh, super lucked out. And it ended up, you know, being a little pizza shop. It was about 700 square foot. Um, I think the first year, maybe, maybe did about a hundred K in sales, you know, like it wasn't, you know, a big pizza shop. Um, and, uh, my dad ended up growing it over time, um, until we needed a bigger place to go. My mom ended up having to go to work there. I went, ended up working there through high school. Um, yeah. And they just kind of, you know, built it over in time. Wow. Um, where, where are you located? So we're just north of Tampa in Hernando County. Uh, oh, in you're Florida. in Florida. Yeah.
0: Oh wow. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what. For some reason, I thought you were in like or Chicago area.
1: Yeah, um, I have a, a little connection to Chicago, um, but we can we can get into that a little later. Um, so yeah. So, you know, I, I wasn't always super stoked about being in the, the pizza industry, especially when I was in high school. It's not anything I wanted to take over from my parents. Um, but they're just both super hardworking people. And, uh, definitely, I, I was pretty amazed. They, they grew it from 1997 till we went into our own building in about 2004. I think that last year in 2004, they were doing about 700, 750, I think, wow. uh, in total sales. Yeah. Out of a 700 square foot spot. So it was pretty, uh, remarkable. But, That's crazy. I mean, yeah. They're just both super, super hard workers. So what was but, it just uh, like di-
0: just no dining room, obviously, right? Just takeout and delivery.
1: There was like two little high tops, and um, yeah, a couple of <laughs> couple of Marcel ovens back there, and no air conditioning in Florida in the summer.
0: Oh, <laughs> that must be brutal. But
1: yeah, it was. Uh, it's pretty crazy to think about it now, but uh,
0: yeah, yeah. So, and when um, did you? So, how did you get? So, what did you do? You went. You worked there during high school. And then you did you go to college and do something else? Yeah.
1: Yeah, so I went away to college. I worked at a couple of corporate restaurants. Didn't really. um, I I felt like, even while I was away at school, um, the you know we continued to grow. PJ's continued to expand. Um, And then uh, I thought, you was this really good opportunity. I was working at some corporate restaurants while I was away at school, and I thought I could bring that information back to them and make it even better. My parents worked very hard. I think a big goal of mine was to move back home. In you know about 2006, I moved back home from school, and uh, you know really wanted to give them the systems and everything to for them to be able to not have to work so hard, and um, kind of take over from them at that point. Well, are they and, old um, school
0: operators or are they open to new ideas? Because there's like a there's like a lot of a lot of people I've had on the podcast who have taken over their family business, and there's not a lot of leeway that the parents want to give them to change things
1: yeah so yeah i would come back with different ideas and i think from probably 2006 until 2017 it was a very turbulent time really for uh for us yeah i'd get fired all the time um you know they uh but you know i can't take anything away from them just just gripping and just you know getting that place to where it was, but, um, yeah, they were not really open to new ideas and I don't think I really had the tools to, um, to explain to them how, how to do that. I think I was just a, a stubborn kid at the time too. Yeah. Um, it's hard too because
0: parents too, especially where they built it up from such a small place to doing what it was doing when you were trying to help them change things. They're like, they're probably thinking to themselves like it's pretty successful. What do we need to change anything for?
1: Yes, exactly. Um, But, uh, you know, I, I didn't want them to have to work every day, you know? And, um, I think that, um, if we had some better systems, they may be able to get some more time off. You know, that was really, I think my goal at the time, but, um, I was super fortunate to right about, I think 2011, I started, started going to see this hairdresser (laughs) and, uh, her and I would talk about all these books that I had never really heard about, you know, like, uh, yeah. Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, Thinking, Grow Rich, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, just really exposed me to a lot of that self help kind of stuff. Yeah, and her and I would have these phenomenal conversations all the time. And um, she was the owner of the the hair salon, and her business continued to grow, and her prices kept going up. And I think at the end there, I was just paying to just talk with her, not really <laughs> to get my hair done because the value really wasn't there with the haircuts. But I ended up <laughs> I ended up marrying that girl. And, um, she had a big impact in how, uh, how I viewed the business and and how to really even just relate to people. Um, and, and that really helped a lot. So do your
0: parents still work in the business now?
1: Um, no, they don't, they don't have hours. Um, my mom is kind of the accountant, you know, she'll do some bookkeeping stuff, but other than that, no, they don't, they don't keep hours.
0: And what, what does a business look
1: like today? So we have two locations. Um, we um, the first location we actually just finished this year at about uh, 1.4 uh, million in sales.
0: Wow, that's right. Um,
1: yeah, big time uh, delivery and carry out is our biggest um, stuff. You know, really trying to get more into the um, online marketing stuff because I feel like that's gonna that's what's really gonna hold businesses back um, from really going into the future, just getting in front of customers' faces. Um, yeah. So yeah, the w- first location that's, uh, still there. And then, uh, our second location has been open for about a year. It's about How far 15, apart miles, north, like, about 15, 15 miles, miles Yeah, apart. So you go, so,
0: what's your day look like? Do you go to both locations or do you have a schedule where you kind of pop into one or the other or do you have a team in place where you don't even have to go in?
1: Yeah. So I'm super fortunate to have a really great management team at, at both locations at the moment. Um, I'm just trying to do big picture stuff, trying to, you know, like, um, marketing Instagram stuff, trying to, you know, get us to keep staying relevant, you know, running deals and that kind of stuff. And then, uh, yeah, just checking in with them. Um, we we'll usually, we'll do like a, every two weeks to every two weeks we check in first two weeks, how we doing on the numbers, what's the labor, what's the food cost at, and then checking in the last two weeks because we run a uh, month to month on all of our um, labors and budgets. And, oh, that's yeah, interesting, so budgets, do you,
0: yeah. so what is it, so when you are running the business and has it been just growing off of word of mouth and its reputation for the last few years?
1: Yeah, so that's a, yeah, that's a big part of, we are very fortunate to be in a small town where there wasn't a lot of competition through COVID we did phenomenal, yeah. you know, like there wasn't a lot of places that were open in Florida. We were set up for delivery. We did great. And then after lockdowns and that kind of thing, a lot of people have been flooding to Florida. A lot of people opening up restaurants. They have a lot of options. All these different places are on delivery apps. Right. So we're not really that if you're going to get something delivered, it used to just be Chinese food and pizza. Yeah. And right. now it's, what you know what can you imagine so right. um whatever you so want just to eat, trying to stay available relevant somehow some way right so um yeah so that's been a big challenge for me lately is to try and uh, understand the marketing side because we never had i don't think we ever really marketed anything till maybe maybe a year or two ago and we've been open like i said since 1997 yeah
0: is it just because of the delivery apps and just the availability of all these other restaurants that's kind of kind of encroaching on your market share?
1: I feel that it's the ability for a lot of different food-based businesses to just be in in, in customers' faces. I mean, yeah. you could say that we're much better than Domino's, but if Domino's is sending you an email all the time with a click-through and a deal, it's so much easier just to click through, get it, it's at your house, instead of having to like go to our website and, you know, order from us. Or, <laughs> right. So that's where I'm trying to shift to now is having that, just being in front of their face all the time with the email marketing. And uh, yeah, that kind of stuff.
0: And that's the strategy you're kind of going through now. All right, how can we come, kind of, because it's hard. Like Domino's, everybody's like, oh, I want to be like Domino's and compete with Domino's. But they have a bazillion dollar budget for marketing. And in not only just marketing, but the the conception of marketing in creating the app and creating the technology behind how all of it works. They have a huge budget that you can't compete with.
1: Yeah. I I think I heard the CEO doing a, an interview about five years ago and he said, we're not a a food company. We're a technology company that happens to sell pizza. And that's really how they go about, you know, doing it.
0: Yeah. They, and they do a great job of it. Like when it comes to marketing and uh, being top of mind and in front of people's face they do a fantastic job like their pizza sucks and i don't like it but they do a great job of being in front of your face and as a local business owner in order to compete with that you need like 15 different tools to yeah. all talk to each other in order to be able to do the same
1: thing. Yeah, i'm not trying to win an award against them i'm just trying to be close. Yeah. But
0: I, you have an advantage, right? Like, I think you have been around for a long time. The people in the community know you. You have a a good reputation, and that's the start. So it doesn't take that much to compete with a company like that on a local level.
1: Yeah, and um, I've been super fortunate. Um, we use Hunger Rush um, as our point-of-sale system, and they just came out with this whole, um, I think it's a marketing suite that you can get from them. So it's like you put in the customer's birthday if they haven't ordered in a little while, and it's just it's it's automated to just send them these emails. And I mean, I think we've only been live for three or four weeks now and seen a huge influx, you know, from that. So that's been really cool. But before that I was trying to design my own thing.
0: It's hard to being consistent with it and trying to stay up to, it's like you do an email. Say you do an email and you're like, I'm going to do an email every Friday. You do the email on Friday before you know it. It's the next Friday. You're like, dang, didn't I just send an email yesterday? No, it was like last week.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's uh, yeah, it's definitely hard to be consistent when you're trying to um, always have new things and doing new things. And, yeah, it's just not enough hours in the day for all that. Yeah, no, there isn't. What kind of pizza do you serve? It's a New York style. Okay. Yeah.
0: And you guys do delivery at both locations?
1: Yeah. So, you know, that was a, a big part of our business, you know, coming up was we have our own delivery drivers. We've stuck with that um, even when it's gotten expensive, and I think that it's been an advantage it's when the delivery apps come to us and say, "Hey, you guys should be you should use Uber Eats," we said we don't need to. We have our own drivers. We were able to negotiate those fees down pretty low. I think, I think Uber, we're only paying thirteen percent, and like DoorDash and Grubhub, I think are like at ten. Yeah. So we were. Super you're able fortunate. to. You're
0: able to uh, adjust the prices on those apps too, right?
1: Yeah yeah so i I think it's i think it's frowned upon but not illegal for being kicked (laughs) off yeah it's not illegal but yeah i definitely (laughs) recommend everyone just put that put that in the price because people want it they'll pay for it just do it
0: and there's a different mentality i think from people who walk into your restaurant versus the people who would order off a doordash or uber eats the people who order off those third-party apps are okay with a delivery fee, are okay with paying a little bit more. I think they know that it goes along with being a user of those apps.
1: Yeah, like, um, you know, forever we had free delivery. That was a big thing that we did for a yeah, really long too. time. But yeah, delivery insurance gets so high and, you know, compensating drivers and all that. It just, we were, we were, we were very much against it for a really long time, but it didn't hurt our delivery business at all. I think people they understand it's a service and they're, they're open to paying for it. I mean, I, I we were probably the last one. So I'm not even talking to anybody now. Like we we're probably the last one that had free delivery. Yeah. <laughs> when did
0: you, when did you implement a delivery charge?
1: Oh, uh, I think it was, um, I think it was probably about 18 months ago. Oh I'm yeah. You have. might be the last one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure.
0: <laughs> I think Domino's is doing a commercial now where they're, they're, they're advertising, paying people $3. To come pick up their own pizza. Yeah. That's part of their marketing strategy.
1: Yeah, I saw that. No, I think um, we had people, you know, I, I think we were concerned that we would just put the delivery fee on a ticket and a guest would be upset about it. So we were having our um, team members say, just so you know, it's going to be two ninety nine dollars 99 now for the delivery fee. And most people said, I thought you already had a delivery fee. Uh, yeah. so You're was... like, damn it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Should have been doing that a long time ago.
1: Yeah. Definitely. So. Uh,
0: but that's the strategy, though. Like, I think that that's just people are just okay with it now, and they just, especially COVID. You know, COVID, I think, taught that to a lot of consumers who, before COVID, would complain about it. Now they're like, you know what? How can I complain about it? Like, I can't go anywhere. These people leave in their their house to go deliver food during this kind of time, and it's like, you know what?
1: I gotta pay them something. Yeah, yeah. But you're right. It's much different. We got the delivery apps. You just I feel like people would pay anything to, they, <laughs> to they really pay, get it for them. Uh,
0: they pay, you know, there's like a tropical smoothie near my house. And in the summertime, people pay, my kids' friends pay $15 to get a smoothie delivered. I'm like, what is wrong with you? Like, you'll pay $15 for a smoothie. You can get a whole pizza for like 20 bucks and feed the yeah. whole family. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So it's just a different type of mentality nowadays than it, it was with 10, 15 years ago. 10, 15 years yeah. ago, that was outrageous. $2.99 delivery fee 15 years ago, people would be screaming at you in the phone. Yeah, yep. But now it's just a different time. Um, so, what are you, so what are you working on now? What are you trying to figure out when it comes to getting the word out there? Is it Instagram? Is it TikTok? Is it email? Is it all of it?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I, we haven't gone to the TikTok space. I, I It's like every time I feel like I'm going to start a TikTok, I, I hear, I, I hear something like the U S government's going to outlaw it or something. I don't know if that's ever going to happen or if I feel weird, say, you know, yeah. sounds stupid saying that, but um, no, you don't, you know, and then Instagram is just, it's the fight for content. You know, yeah. like I was going in, you know, spending three, four hours in there twice a week, just, just getting pictures and, you know, having people do little skits and trying to do this stuff and then editing them. It's like, it was like a whole second job. I'm, <laughs> you know, so it's like an ebb and flow of that, just trying to get the content. I don't know if you have any recommendations on the, the fight for content.
0: I don't. I just think yeah. the one thing that is the most important thing, and I've talked about this if you listen to the podcast at all, the consistency. Consistency is more important than the quality in the beginning. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, over time, you're going to get better at the quality, but the consistency is the hardest part for people to figure out. It's yeah. hard to, it's hard to go 30, 60, 90 days consecutively. And I don't mean posting every single day, but having a, a cohesive strategy where you are going to post five or six times a week. And like, to be honest with you on Instagram, posting five times a week, is not even enough. Yeah. You know, you need to be posting almost like 10 times a week. If you're a business, if you really want to see any growth,
1: that um, sounds like its own, its own job role.
0: It is. It really is. And it changes, yeah. right? Like a, a couple of years ago, you could post five times a week and get some traction. If you're starting out and you have a small account and you post five times a week on Instagram, six months from now, you're going to be like, nothing happened. I got yeah. like 47 followers in six months of posting five days a week. It's, it's a volume game. Yeah.
1: It's hard.
0: It's yeah, not nothing. easy. I don't have any tips other than, you know what? You got to just kind of struggle through. And if you do, my only tip would be, if you do have somebody on your team who likes doing it, maybe give them a couple hours a week of, Uh, handing them the control and be like, all right, this is, this is what your job title is. You have to come up with the content. We'll talk about it and strategize about it, but you need to post six, seven, eight times a week. And that's the two hours you do that.
1: Yeah. I feel like we've had team members that have approached me and said, you know, I really love doing this. I want to do it. And I'm like, yeah, just, you know, if you, if you want to do it, you know, if it's, if it's driving sales and, you know, we can monetize this in, in some way, I'm totally open to it. Just send me that content. Let me see what you got at first. See yeah. what you can bring to the table. And they'll usually do it for a couple of weeks and fizzle out exactly how I do it. You know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I
0: wonder why that is. Why play. is it that? Why, why do you think? Because that happens all the time. It happens to everybody, not just you. It I think there's a finite everybody amount
1: everybody's... of uh, cheese pizza picks. And it's like, what do you do? At, yeah. Like, it, I feel kind of like uh, it gets a little repetitive. We have so many products. If I'm posting the same thing, over and over again, I feel like, um, people don't want to see that, but maybe I should just get over that and <laughs> just post it anyway. But that's what been, there's my a cycle, is.
0: right? There's a cycle. Yeah. I think there's a, there's a 60 day cycle. So if you say you post once a day and you do that for 60 day, 60 days, you get 60 different pieces of content, which sounds like a lot. Um, but if you look at your Instagram, I'm sure you could go back and be like, all right, there's 60 ideas I could have. Once you get to that 60th day, I think you can recycle that first one again, It may not be the exact video or photo, but something really similar to that because the Instagram cycle, 60 days, if if you scroll back 60 days on somebody's account and they've been pretty, you're just stalking someone. Yeah. That's who does that, (laughs) (laughs) right? Nobody does that. You know, you may look back a couple, like a couple scrolls. Once I hit the thing twice, that's as far as I'm going back. I ain't going back any further than that. Unless you like, unless I'm really digging up something on somebody.
1: Yeah definitely. Um,
0: but I think that's what happens is you think that you think because you've posted that before a couple times that nobody else or somebody else is going to notice that you've posted it three times when that's yep. really not the case. They don't even remember what you posted two weeks ago.
1: Yeah. So, um, I just wanted to go back before I miss this opportunity to talk about this stuff, but yeah, the, the smart pizza marketing had a huge effect on my journey of, uh, of being able to open up our second location of being able to get my parents out of there and really just understanding how to systemize our restaurant. So like I was saying, uh, I had met my wife, um, back in 2017 and, um, she got me laser focused on stop complaining about the stuff that's going on in your restaurant. Let's itemize the stuff that you don't like to do. Let's make a system around it so you can hand it off to somebody else. That's and smart. I was really, yeah. I was really just starting to to do that, and that's what led me to just. I was just trying to get as many podcasts on my ears as possible. I'll be driving around, searched on Apple Podcasts one one day, came upon Smart Pizza Marketing, and um, I'll never forget it. It was uh, Mike Ganino, episode thirty three.
0: Episode thirty three.
1: To... Yeah, that's why oh, I started right at the beginning. I oh, don't even God. know when. When did you start the podcast? I think what year? Two
0: thousand fifteen.
1: Okay, so. In 2017, I just started at the beginning, was listening to everybody, you know, and then I got to 33 and he was talking about opening up multiple locations. And it was like, it almost broke my brain that you'd be able to train people to leave them at one and open up another one and just kind of repeat that. So I was like, I got to find this guy. You know, he's going to be my consultant. He's this is the guy I'm going to use. And I was telling my girlfriend at the time who ended up becoming my wife. And she said, I know that guy. I said, really? how do you know th- how do you know this guy from the podcast this is insane she goes yeah I'm in this public speaking group it was in uh, Lambertville New Jersey it's called uh, heroic public speaking yeah she go- he goes yeah he's uh he's in this class I'm taking he go- she goes why don't you come to New Jersey with me I'm going in two weeks and you can meet him it's like oh my god this is insane so uh, we go there I talk with him super nice guy um, but he wasn't really doing that. The consulting you know stuff anymore he was trying to move more into uh into the public speaking space and uh he goes but you know who is here gene malnati uh mark malnati's wife they own lou malnati's pizza in chicago you should talk ah. to her she's super nice i was like this is i like i, I almost start crying thinking about it now because you know, like i just really went from just having this one idea and just really trying to you know work towards it and then you know, just speaking with her, just the nicest person in the world. She goes, you have to come to Chicago. You got to meet my husband and talk with him. So my wife and I, we went there, we talked with them and Mark is just, they're just, I always have this idea where I think you look at successful people and you're like, they're, they're super kind and they're super happy because they're successful. But I just feel like it's, it's because of those traits that they attract these wonderful things in their life. And that's, those people really that's what they really showed me so just super inviting like i'm a nobody from nowhere and mark took the time to um show me around the restaurants i got to ask him and his whole corporate team all of these questions that i had about all this stuff and that's amazing i just want to thank i just want to thank you for you know if it wasn't for the podcast it never would have led me to being able to kind of know mark malnati and lou malnati's pizza and that's really that was the precipice of like really where we got all of our systems from, how we were able to systemize everything, and and grow it to that that second location right now. So, that's fantastic! Yeah, what a great story! Out. Shout out to Mike Canino yeah. too, huh? Yeah, <laughs>
0: I uh, I got to get them I on the podcast. Well. I've never had them on the podcast. The, the folks from Maluma Nineties.
1: Yeah, um, I know that they sold about a year ago, but uh, oh yeah, well they like did they show
0: I'm, you how they did their systems, and like you asked them a thousand questions.
1: Yeah, so my wife and I went there just to hang out we went with the heroic public speaking people. And I just asked Mark, I said, you know, if you have some time now, I'd love to ask you some questions. Yeah. And he's like, how about, how about you come to the corporate headquarters tomorrow? We'll spend a day, write down all your questions. And I got to talk to like his accountants and his, um, That's his culture crazy people. It was insane. Like, yeah, for him to do that for me was like just such a huge, yeah, a huge thing for me. But, um, well, uh, that's a fun
0: fact. That's why the podcast started. Cause I'm an idiot and we were running a pizza shop and we had no idea what the hell we were doing. And I needed to ask some people some questions. And I was like, you know what? If I start a podcast, I can invite people on and just like what you did with him. Right. Ask him a whole yeah. bunch of questions about what they did. And that's yeah, the I origins think, of why the podcast started.
1: Yeah. And I think the, the culture in, in our restaurant really, you know, growing up was don't ask anybody anything. That's the other over there, you know, like don't really don't help. You know, they can, the other pizza shop across town can figure it out for themselves. There really wasn't that. And my wife really opened me up to like, you need to ask everybody questions. Even if you look stupid, you know, every, you know, people know more than you. So you need to go seek that out. So that was a big change. It's
0: it's really great advice, you know, asking questions because people are always like, I don't want to bug them. But you know what? Yeah. I get emails all the time. And i am gonna be honest, I'm really bad at responding to emails. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Um, But I get a lot of emails. I know. Uh, yeah. Right. You know, for a fact, I'm really bad at it, but I get a lot of emails, but I never once look at an email. Like someone's annoying me. I feel bad that I can't reply to all of them. Um, but you got to ask, right? Like if you never ask, you're never gonna, if you never ask anybody, anything, you're never going to find out the answer anyway. So it can't hurt to ask, even if they don't respond or if they say they don't have time or whatever it is, you never know what the response
1: could be. It's been my experience that people that really love what they do and, you know, small business owner that grows these companies, they love talking about that stuff, you know? Yeah. So it's never been my experience that anyone was like, you know, I don't have time for that or it's always yeah, been very welcoming. So
0: yeah. The, even like all the people who have been guests on this podcast in the past have done it in their own time. You know, they, they just take yeah. 45 minutes out of their day and come on and hang out and they're very nice. Like you said, and a lot of them, you know what? there's a lot of people out there who may have even five pizzerias or 10 pizzerias and they're still trying to figure it out. They're still asking other people questions who are ahead of them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's been, that was the biggest eye opening thing when talking to other operators. Um, you know, like we, we do a little bit of consulting work too, with, you know, local businesses and things like that. You'll come in and say, well, where's your recipe book? We don't have that. You, yeah. you, have, you have five locations. How do you know? You know, is it different everywhere? you know, stuff like that. So it's yeah. yes. Not, I don't think anyone really has their, you know, stuff together, but no, uh, they don't, they do not, not,
0: do you- they, they, they have it together just enough to get by every day. I don't think everybody has a great idea of, I mean, there are those anomalies that are really, really smart, savvy entrepreneurs who are like the top 1% of entrepreneurs who really are, but those are like the Elon Musks and the Jeff Bezoses who the rest of us are just like trying to figure it out on a daily basis.
1: Right. And I think that the main point is just to always just try to do better every day. That's really all you can do. Just always try to make it better. And I think your, you know, your team respects that the community respects that and they, they can really pick up on that.
0: What's the goal for you for 2023? Do you guys, are you guys looking to open another location or are you just looking to grow the ones you have?
1: Uh, You know, I think the plan before COVID was to grow as many locations as possible but with that second location, we um, we signed the lease in February of 2020 for that. Oh. space. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that and sucks. Uh, yeah, it was a it was a wonderful time that you couldn't get any sort of government relief money because yeah. you weren't a corporation. But you got to get that whole sting of uh, I think we had an 18 month build out where it should have probably been a three month because of all that stuff. So it's but everything um, was delayed. Yeah, so the, the prices in our area are very high for rent right now. It's kind of saturated. I, I, so I think that building more locations is not the way I'd like to go, but there's a lot of opportunity in the locations now for um, catering, um, other auxiliary things like food trucks, going to festivals, that kind of yeah. thing. So I think we're just trying to look for um, yeah, auxiliary ways to grow the the individual locations at the moment
0: to maximize the profitability within the footprint you already have.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I think I that's like, a great um, way for,
0: go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say that's great. That's a great, I think every pizzeria should do that. There's a, I think that's what, another thing that 2020 taught pizzerias and restaurant owners is like, how can you get multiple sources of income from your one business? So that way, if someone can't walk in your door, you can still operate. Yeah
1: yeah um I like uh like Mike Bosch uh, what is that um is Tulsa yes andolini's yeah so he has like the um gelato shop
0: he's got like seven different uh, businesses
1: yeah <laughs> yeah so I think we've definitely been looking into uh yeah maybe like an Italian sort of gelato shop or something like that to to go along with it but
0: a couple of pizzerias have been open using their dough for bagels too yeah. Yeah, I've seen some
1: of that. I don't know if that's popular down in Florida. Is that
0: popular? is like bagel something like like is up here in the movies? Yeah.
1: yeah, and every it's nice because whenever they bite into it they say the ones in New York are much better.
0: <laughs> they say that about the pizza too, don't <laughs> they though? Be honest.
1: They do. They do say it and you know, I um I have a a big opinion on that. I uh I don't believe that the water is different. No. I don't think that the people are that are perpetuating these things have uh chemistry uh, readouts on the water but you know i i think that the 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 cheese and the flour that we use is very high end you know i think that it's a lot of the same places that they're using up north i think that there's some pizza shops down here that don't really know about fermentation or um maybe the best you know mixing methods maybe that gave it a bad name i don't know yeah about you mean about
0: like Florida having a reputation for bad pizza? Yeah. I, well, I think everybody outside of New York had a not so great reputation about pizza. But there's yeah, a whole I bunch mean, of great pizzeria's opening up in all of those places who for so long had bad reputations. Florida, California, Boston, um, you know, the Midwest. You know, there's yeah. a lot of great pizzeria's and great people making great pizza. Like you said, I think just the internet helped people have knowledge about ingredients in preparation, which helps the the final product.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, 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 almost wish that Florida had their own style. I keep trying to, I feel like all the styles have been made already. Yeah. I, I tried to advertise ours as a Florida style, but it's, it's just New York style.
0: Yeah. I mean, even like New York style, like what is that? What is that? Is it just, what is that?
1: That's a what 57 to 60% hydration dough with, uh, you know the 20 ounce is the 16 inch large and yep
0: exactly yeah that's it that's exactly it right just cooked in a cooked in a brick oven i guess yeah yep or yeah because I, I guess uh, yeah i don't know i think florida i think there's some great places in florida i've been yeah. down there quite a bit in the last few years and i've found some really great pizza what areas do you usually go to um i usually go to either the orlando area or the yeah. east coast okay yeah um I haven't been to the West Coast. I think I've been to the West Coast once or twice. I haven't been there too long. That's where you are, right?
1: Yeah, Tampa's uh, Tampa's really growing now. You know, yeah. um, great sports teams. the The city's been, uh, you know, really sprawling out. A lot of people moving here. I, I think it's great for the area. Um, yeah, if you if you're looking for a new destination, Tampa, there's a lot of really fun stuff to do in Tampa. If you like boating. how do you how do you
0: feel about all those people from the north moving to Florida?
1: I love it. I mean, we need customers. You know, that's so, right. Yeah. You know, we have the two pizza restaurants and then me and my wife also own three hair salons. So it's been it's been great for us to um to grow both of our businesses in that way. That's great. So, uh, wow,
0: you guys are doing a great job down there. And plus the weather's great, yeah. like, right? I think that's why most New Yorkers and people up north and northeast are always miserable when they go down there because we gotta go home.
1: <laughs> you guys have yeah, to I, stay there. I, I did not like it for a long time, but um yeah, I, I love that I'm from this area. I even I think I switched my loyalty from the uh, Islanders to the Lightning just recently, so Nice. I've fully committed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Next time I'm in that area,
0: have to, maybe I'll, I'll see if I can stop in and say hello to you guys. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Definitely.
0: Uh, so, give everybody uh, a shout out of where they can follow you on Instagram, or uh, I know you said you're not. Do you have a TikTok account, or you just you have? We one do not have a
1: TikTok account, but we are uh, PJs Brick Oven Pizza okay. on uh, Instagram and on Facebook and then um the website's just pjsbrickovenpizza.com yeah feel free to um throw me a message if you got any questions or anything and um like i said my wife and i we do uh we do consulting for service-based businesses as well so if you're a little lost and trying to find these systems um it's um ryan r-y-a-n-n at halo-consulting.com you can throw us an email there too all That's right. my wife's, uh, yeah, consulting company. He, he, he is,
0: send me that info, because I'll link it up in the show notes for this episode, right. too. So if you go to the Smart awesome. Pizza Marketing your website, your consulting, if you have a consulting website or the email or how to contact you with that, we'll throw it up on the website. Uh, Jerry, thank you so much. Yeah. Fun chat. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. Um, we'll, uh, thank
1: you, Bruce. I appreciate it.
0: Don't go anywhere yet. Um, but it was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much.
1: You too. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. I really appreciate it. Seriously, I really appreciate you hanging out with me, listening to the podcast every single week. Your messages on Instagram, reviews, they all mean a lot to me. If you need anything from me, you can go to the website. There's a contact button. I think you should join SPM Pro. Thank you to Jerry for joining me on the podcast. Thank you to Shark for supporting the podcast. Really looking forward to the episodes we have for you for the next few months and the ones that we are recording later this month and next month for this year tons of great podcast episodes for you and a lot of information. We are doing these podcasts on video as well. So if you want to see our guests and join us live, you can go over to YouTube channel. We also embed the videos on our website. Again, smartpizzamarketing.com is the place to go to get all of the info, the links, our courses, everything that we talk about on this podcast, when you're not driving or at work or at the gym or for a walk, go to your computer, smartpizzamarketing.com. Thank you so much. See you next time.